Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com. I'm Brandon Bainey, and now here's the guy who decided to do a computer update right before we were going to record, <laughs> Ryan Skaggs. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to give you a hard time, right? Yeah, so now I'm forced to like record from a phone. So this is this is awesome and not ideal. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. We're we're hoping this is just uh, temporary, but uh, just a little behind the scenes, a little inside baseball here at uh, Idaho Sports HQ. Uh, it wouldn't be sports in North Idaho without some sort of technical glitch going on. So <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. There are so many venues up north where it's like, man, do we even get cell coverage out here? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Well, this is your your weekly destination for everything District One athletics. Uh, We had our debut episode last week. So if you're new to the program, thanks for being with us. There's a couple of ways you can get the North Idaho PrepCast each and every week. And again, this is a breakdown of all those teams that are in District One. We're going to spend the quality time going over those schools that sometimes get lost in the shuffle when you look at the statewide picture. You can uh, get this uh, podcast by downloading it wherever you download your podcasts. You can also get the audio on our website, idahosports.com. We redid the homepage. So across the navigation bar on the top, there's now a PrepCasts tab. If you hover your mouse over that, all of our PrepCasts will appear in a drop-down window. You click North Idaho PrepCast, it'll take you to the landing page, and we've got the uh, player embedded on the webpage there. So you can play the audio that way. You can also catch the video on uh, our idahosports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Ryan, tell me what's on your shirt today. So I've got uh, a little bit of Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Hank Williams, and uh, Waylon. Some of, uh, if you don't know me, I'm a... I like my classic country. I'm a connoisseur of, of the greats. So, uh, yeah, that would be what's on my shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's like uh, retro country. Country today is more like pop, right? Uh, tractor rap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tractor rap. I haven't heard that one before. That's good. I like that. Yeah. There's a few newer guys out there that are pretty solid, but for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of uh, modern country music. Yeah, we'll so. stick to we'll stick to the classics. And and speaking right. of classics, we uh, are embarking on a classic time of the year. Two a day started this week up north. How exciting is that? Uh, I know that I've spoken to a few of my friends that are still in the coaching game. That now they've had to bid adieu to their families for the most part for the next three or four months. And uh, yeah, practice. It's it's kind of that magical time of year to where, luckily, the smoke is cleared out up here in North Idaho for the most part this week. So it hasn't been too bad um, as far as, you know, we run into, I don't know how it is down Southern Idaho, but we run into air quality issues uh, quite often, um, especially early on in the season. So that hasn't been an issue this week, which has been really nice because I know the years past they've had to start indoors. I believe last year they started inside for the first two weeks. So. Yeah, this time of year, the air quality reports are always so crucial. I know a lot of games got moved inside to the Kibbe Dome last year in Moscow because of uh, poor air quality. So it's nice that they're outside, able to practice. We're going to kind of break down the uh, the Inland Empire League today, and we'll talk 5A and 4A classifications. Let's start with the 5A. The conversation sure. always has to start with Coeur d'Alene High. I mean, year in, year out, they are so talented and it appears that they've got the players again to go on a deep run. Yeah, and they don't necessarily, you know, have to rebuild. They just reload. And 
you know, this year is looking much the same. You know, we, we kind of uh, joke on, in, you know, the notable things of like the, the absolutes in, in, in life is like death taxes. And I guess you can start throwing Coeur d'Alene football in there. Um, that, you know, last year they obviously lost in the state semis. They went, what was it, 10 and one and one loss was to Rocky Mountain, um, which, you know, Rocky was a great team. We saw what they did in the state championship game for 5A. But, um, no, Coeur d'Alene is, is the favorite to win the IEL 5A this year. Um, Sean Amos brings back, you know, they've, they had some serious, some pretty, pretty hefty losses um, from last year's team. Um, but, man, I mean, you're returning three all-state players, um, you know, between uh, Cameron Cope, Gunnar Julio, and Isaiah Griffin. That I mean, I don't know many other teams in the state of Idaho that are doing that, um, especially at the 5A level. So, to return three all-state players that are all coming back and both, I mean, they all had stellar years last year, but, you know, that definitely lends well to uh, the the cupboards being replenished, I should say, uh, for, for the 2021 campaign. Yeah, you mentioned Cameron Cope and, and uh, Gunnar Julio. They they both um... – they they saw time as sophomores, you know, which which is uncommon yeah. for a for a program like Coeur d'Alene. You know, they they saw time at, at running back and tight end as sophomores, and they're expected to fill those roles this year. Cameron Cope, you know, is is a beast at tight end, but he he might be better on the defensive line at, at defensive end. You know, he he may be better defensively, and and I know that's where he's getting a lot of look from college coaches is on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, he's a freak athlete. I mean, you you talk about being able to have that physicality on the offensive side um, at tight end, you know, he learned early on, but that definitely replicated on the defensive side of the ball where he's a handful for anybody. He's too quick for your tackles to handle and he's too big to block down with a tight end or with a slot receiver. I mean, he just creates headaches off the edge. And, and, you know, I think Ellis at Moscow gets a lot of talk um, as far as recruits in the state of Idaho, but, you know, Cameron Cope's right up there um, with him as far as, you know, the ability um, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And of course, Gunner is going to be, uh, he's an acclaimed wrestler. He will be attempting to win four state titles over the four yep. years of his high school career this winter. And uh, it's kind of his now the backfield is his, he's kind of split it with Trent Elstad the, the past couple of seasons, but I'm really excited to see what he does as the bell cow of that offense. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing about Gunner that, you know, people don't realize is that he's such a phenomenal receiver too. And um, he didn't get the majority of touches last year, but still had, what, 700 total yards um, between receiving and rushing last year. And in a kind of a, an interesting schedule, obviously, the, I, the IEL team scheduled each other twice to play twice last year. Um, so really kind of you're like, well, I mean, what was the competition like? But, you know, the IEL was, was I think, a little underrated last year. Um, cause post falls did graduate a lot of kids too. And Lewiston had a, had a fairly solid program as well. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting, I think, to see what, what Coeur d'Alene does this year, especially with a pretty, I mean, they got a pretty deep schedule. I mean, they're non-conference games. I would put it up against anybody in the state of Idaho's, um, with the exception that there's one game in there that's a non-conference against a Washington school that I think you, you can't have, you know, a bunch of aces every week. You've got to have at least one, one kind of quote unquote layup in there. Um, but it, it should be a pretty solid test, at least for, for the postseason coming up.
Yeah, yeah, let's dive into that schedule. You mentioned it. It, it is so nice for Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls and Lake City to be able to play those Washington schools again because without that, it is it is really hard to fill the schedule. And you mentioned last year when Washington played football in the spring. Yeah, they only played a six-game schedule in the spring too. So Yeah, it was a shortened <laughs> schedule. And and so the I, IEL teams basically said, well, we, we don't have anybody else to play. I guess we'll just play each other twice. The first one non-conference, the second one conference. That that that's not ideal, right? Yeah, and it was all four A schools played all the five A schools too, yeah. um, with the exception of Moscow only playing, I believe, a five-game schedule um, before the postseason. But yeah, I mean that was the first time that the four A teams had played all five, all all three five A teams or four five A teams as well. So um, you know, getting those Spokane and the Washington schools on the schedule. I mean, Coeur opens with Lehigh, Utah, going to be at Madison. Um, so they're playing a neutral site game, which should be actually pretty, pretty awesome uh, yeah. test for the Vikings week yeah. one. Let's talk about that. Cause yeah, that's at the, that's at the Rocky mountain rumble, which is, which is a showcase event every year. And, and typically it is the best teams from like East Idaho, you know, Highland is always there and Pocatello yeah. high and Madison and uh, playing some of the best teams from Utah typically is how it's set up. But now all of a sudden you got Coeur Lane making the long trip down. I, I like it. I, I like them traveling because you know, at some point they're going to have to travel when the postseason rolls around. So why not have a really early season trip all the way to Rexburg? Yeah. And, and you know, it's a, it's an awesome facility too. Let's be honest that the, the Madison facility is you know, one of the top ones in the state. Um, and actually I would put it up in the Northwest. It's, it's a phenomenal facility. Um, but Lehigh, you know, has the historical pedigree in the state of Utah that they've, they've, they churn out some top talent. Um, Coeur d'Alene also has their claim to fame too. They've had their number of D1 recruits and athletes come out of Coeur d'Alene High School. Um, so week one, I think that's a nice kind of litmus test for how the season's going to go. Um, week two, they're going to play at Sandpoint, which Sandpoint, I mean, let's be honest, that's one of the coolest fields in the state of Idaho. If you've never yeah. been there, it is awesome. Um, you know, week three, they're playing West Valley of Spokane. That's the one game I kind of said was, you know, they, that's a two way Washington school. Um, they're now in the in the GSL, which is a Greater Spokane League. Um, historically, they were one of the better two A teams in the state of Washington. This year, they're down. I mean, let's be honest; it's they're they're not going to be as strong. Um, but I think the Week Four game is the one that's going to be the real test. They're going to travel to North Creek High School, which is in Bothell, Washington. Um, so they're going to be over in the Seattle area playing one of the better four A teams in Washington. Um, and then they followed up week five at Eastern Washington University against Skyview, um, which is also historically they've been in this, I believe the semis in the foray in Washington. I think it was like five out of the last seven years. So um, Skyview is a, a very tough program. Um, they're going to make the trek and play over in Cheney, which is pretty cool. They're going to play on the red field there over at Roos Field. Um, then they have Ferris, which is a Spokane, greater Spokane school. Um and then, which is weird, they're not playing Gonzaga prep this year. Normally, they've historically played each other every year. And uh, this year, they didn't schedule that game. I don't know the reasoning behind that. But then they'll close out at Lake City, at Lake City then Post Falls and Lewiston, which that Lewiston game, um, you know, at the end of the year always usually has some fireworks. Um, you know, it's like kind of one of those teams. It's like a thorn in Coeur d'Alene's side. Coeur always been able to beat them but those games usually tend to be a little bit closer than uh folks usually expect so that should be a good game at the end of the year and that's they're going to be hosting that one at home 
Yeah, and I know Lewiston uh, has put together a pretty solid team. They've got Cruz Hepburn coming back at running back this year. He's stud. He is legit. Yeah. He, he, he was, uh, you know, he got injured last year, and I think that really affected Lewiston and what they wanted to do. Okay. So and you do they have, do they, does Lewiston have Lang coming back at quarterback too? No, he is gone. He is um, graduated, but uh, they have Jace McCarcher stepping in. And McCarcher actually had to play quarterback a little bit last year for Lewiston yeah. as well because of injury. So, yeah. Good one-two punch there. Okay, so you mentioned the schedule and the one layup, uh, West Valley. So, so there's actually two West Valley high schools in Washington. The yep. one, the one from Spokane, uh, Lakeland, I believe, is going to play that same week. So, the yeah. the, the West Valley that Coeur is going to play is from Yakima. Does that change your opinion at all and on how tough that game will be, or? No, because the one in Yakima is actually the weaker of the two. It's the one, so, <laughs> it definitely, it definitely, it's a still layup. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, because I, I thought it was West Valley Spokane, so I apologize on that one because one of the schedules was said Spokane, but it could, it's probably wrong. So, um, okay. No, that that doesn't change anything. I still think it's a layup. <laughs> it's, it's confusing to to us from Idaho that aren't you know we don't know that there's two West Valleys. Right? Yeah, and and they they're they're both playing that same week. Lakeland is playing one, and Coeur yeah. is playing the other. So yeah, I had to do a double take when I was looking at the schedules earlier today. But so so you mentioned it. Coeur is the favorite in the IEL. Yep. Who who do you think will give them their biggest challenge? You know it's. Post Falls graduated a ton of kids. They're they're second in the league um, as far as the the media poll goes. Um, pick second to finish, but Post Falls is going to be one. I mean, you know, numbers wise in the school, they usually get quite a few kids turning out. So I mean, they could be competitive. I really think Lewiston's the sneaky team. I really do. Um, that's the one that could give them a push because of that running game. That's you know, if if they can, if McArthur can do well at quarterback, I mean, they've Lewiston's got some athletes. Um, you know, what their offensive line does is I think is the question mark. I don't really cover that one necessarily as as heavily as, as obviously North Idaho goes, but um, I think Lewiston could surprise some teams this year. Really do. Yeah. Post falls brings back Jackson Anderson at quarterback, mm-hmm. but, but, but everybody else they lost at that loaded receiving court from last year with Tommy Hauser, who's now playing for the Vandals, uh, yep. James Lee, Cole Rutherford, Josiah Shields, McLeod, the running back, those guys are all gone. And so that, that's yeah. the big thing. There's just there's a lot of uh question marks surrounding post falls. But yeah, I mean they do have Zach Clark coming back, who is right, you know, one of the better DBs in the state of Idaho. Um, and he will probably play two ways this year. Um, but other than that, I mean Cam Sessions is gonna get some time, and that's you know, really there's not a lot there. Um so it'll be interesting to see, and I don't. I hope this motivates them, because <laughs> we'll see them a lot this year on our schedule. But I don't want to sound like I'm dogging on them or anything. But they really do have to rebuild this year. Yeah, I, I think uh, along with Lake City, Lake City, I think also has to rebuild. They yeah. lost. They lost a really talented senior class. Chris Irvin was a really good quarterback. They do return. I think. I, I feel confident saying this, the best wide receiver in the league, Zach Johnson, six, five, and just a monster. I'm not, I'm yep. not sure if anybody's going to be able to stop him this year, just because he's such a big physical specimen. You know, and the only, th- I mean, you really look at, it, it's just the physicality of, of Isaiah Griffin, 
at Coeur d'Alene, I think is going to be the probably the biggest. And Zach Clark too; he's a good coverage guy. I mean, Zach Clark led the state of Idaho in receptions last or interceptions last year. So, um, and that's from Post Falls. You know, those two teams I think can handle him. But I mean, Lake City is kind of the big question mark. They're in the, the midst of a quarterback battle too. Um, so really, they don't even know who's going to be their quarterback week one. Um, and it, we may see the first three or four weeks them splitting time. And, and actually, their, their safety that you, you talked about is one of the better safeties in the state of Idaho. Um, Josiah Weaver is actually in that quarterback battle. So, um, you know, it could be interesting to have him going two ways because he is such a good defender. Um, but that's just, you know, kind of I want to say that the knock in Lake City this year is the depth may not be there. Um, you know, plus they have the newer coach, but it, it would be interesting to see them kind of battle. They usually hang around close and they kind of have those historic games where they will give post falls a, a run for their money. Um, once in a while, Lake City's got an interesting schedule um, to where they're playing, you know, some of the better Washington teams, um, which, and if we want to go over schedules again, I mean, we can go post falls on Lake City too, but yeah. um, it's, uh, it's going to be, it, it is Coeur d'Alene's league to to lose, I would say, um, just because they have so much coming back on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, they've got a few question marks, but their front seven's really good. Um, but Lake City, yeah, we, I mean, obviously we don't have the the info from their coach as far as, um, you know, ne- what their outlook is from their staff, but we can see kind of what they did last year. Yeah. Um, and- so, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're fine. No. Well, I was I was going to say it's a perfect uh, promo for uh, our s- statewide football previews that we're publishing on IdahoSports.com. We're we're That's reaching right. out to every coach across the state of Idaho and uh, asking them questions about their team, and then writing uh, team previews for every single team across the state. And if you don't see your favorite team on the website yet, keep checking back because we're getting more and more uh, forms back each day. In fact, Brian Fulp, the coach at Lake city emailed me his team preview form this morning. And so Perfect. later Perfect. on today, Lake city fans, your football preview will be up <laughs> at idahosports.com. So yeah, and I was just actually pulling those up right now. So I had yeah, those, right. those tabs open, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, Really, I don't – and knowing Blaine Bennett at Post Falls, um, you know, he's not going to tip his hand too much. I think he he knows what he has, and uh, he does a great job playing to his strengths, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They're, they're always an offensive juggernaut. Um, you know, you don't really have to question them there. It's it's really going to be the defensive side. Who on defense in the IEL is going to be able to play against Coeur d'Alene? That's the question mark. That really is at the end of the day. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, we think Coeur d'Alene uh, looks looks good. Um, I think the league has a chance to get multiple bids to oh, the sure. 5A postseason this year. You could see the second place and even the third place finisher reach because of this new playoff seeding system where they use the max preps rating with post falls and Lake City and Lewiston playing all of these Washington schools, if those Washington schools do well, I think that's really going to boost them above some of those teams that are playing in Idaho only schedule. Do you, do you agree with that? Or, or do you think I'm way out in left field? No, I think I completely agree. And it, it definitely helps these leagues with, you know, fewer schools. IEL reaps the benefit, I think of this max prep system. It hurt them last year a little bit because they, you know, no Washington schools are playing. So, I mean, one was a non-league, one was a, a league, league scheduled team. So if you're, you know, playing a two and six team, it's not going to really help you too much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with Lake city, they're playing at Lakeland to start the year. 
which Lakeland I think could be. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, but then they they open. Then they have at Battleground Washington, so they're going over the west side. Um, then they host Moses Lake. They've got Moscow at home. They're at Sandpoint. Then home against Coeur d'Alene and Lewiston, and then close the year at Post Falls. I mean, Lake City's got a solid schedule. Um, that if you're going to look for some of those tweener games that are going to help your max preps rating, you know, they're playing the right schools to do that. Um, yeah. If you want to interject on that one too, go ahead. Feel no, free. I, I think Lake city schedule looks good. And I think post falls schedule looks good. The, the big post game falls is, is, a, is a meat grinder. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. The game, the game, I think everybody wants to see, is going to be post falls traveling to Rigby. And we're going to have that game on idahosports.com. I'm going to be there for that one. And so I, I am so excited for that. That's uh, not right off the bat, but it's very early on in the season. Uh, post falls at Rigby, the runner up from a year ago. Yeah. And that was a great game last year. I went to that game when Rigby played up here and that was the ending of that one was phenomenal. I mean, where post falls got the ball back with under a minute left and they had it at like the 40 yard line with a couple chances at the end zone um, was a phenomenal ending. I mean, Rigby ended up winning that game, I believe by two. Um, so it was a, a great game. Post falls, they're going to open it with Sandpoint. We'll have that game, um, which is going to be, that's always a good one. It's a fun one to start the year. Um, you get a couple of competitive teams. We'll talk about Sandpoint because they're the real deal too. Um, you know, then they're at Rigby. They host Moses Lake, um, which in Washington, they're, they're a pretty solid team. And they're out there in the Columbia Basin. Um, then they'll be at Mount Sy, which is from North Bend, Washington. But they're going to be playing that game neutral site at uh, Central Washington University, um, which, you know, neutral site games always bring kind of level the playing field a little bit, I think. But Mount Sy is just only having like a, 45 minute drive over there, which isn't too bad for them. Um, then they'll host Lakeland, which I think will be a very competitive game this year. Um, they're at Pasco, which Pasco has historically been one of the weaker teams in the tri cities. Um, but hopefully they're kind of turning things around with the way they've kind of done enrollment in those districts. They're trying to level the playing field because Chiawana has been the historical juggernaut in Washington of four a between them, Gonzaga prep and Richland. Those three teams kind of have dominated uh, the last few years, um, they got Lewis, they're going to be at Lewiston, at Coeur d'Alene, and then home against Lake City. So they close the game with their three IEL teams. Uh, those post falls, that Coeur d'Alene game, you know, I mean, they shocked them a couple of years ago. I mean, who knows what happens this year with uh, Bankston at quarterback? But I mean, Coeur d'Alene's got they've got dudes that can run. That's and it's just a matter of his post falls can they match it with, with speed? Because it's going to be speed on speed in that game. Yeah. It's going to be a track meet. That'll be a fun one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll keep an eye out on the five, a IEL as the season goes along the four, a, I think is going to be even more compelling. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the NFC South in football where like the past 10 seasons, whoever's finished in last place has gone from like worst to first. I mean, with, with Moscow, Sandpoint, and Lakeland, they're also evenly matched. You can go from the penthouse to the poorhouse and vice versa in one season. When I was at Lakeland, we had a joke. It was one and eight. You're headed to state. And you only had to beat one of, one of the two teams in your conference to go to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, you joke around about that, but that's where the max preps, you know, rating system really benefited Lakeland last year. And, you know, Lakeland only had three wins on the year, but gosh, you know, of their five losses that they had, four of them were, you know, one possession game. I mean, they, it was a single digit loss. So 
um, you know, Lakeland, they graduated a couple guys, but not really their key players. I mean, they graduate absolutely. You lose Ammon Munyer, who was a, you know, a three-star recruit that's going to Weber State. Um, but, you know, and they graduated John White, who was a solid running back, but they returned the other two running backs that were in their stable. Um, and then they got, of course, you know, you talked about him in the in the preview with one of the top ten receivers in the state, of Idaho, and Alden Waddington. That he's six foot five, two hundred pounds. That can he's deceptively fast. Um, if you watched the Moscow game last year, you saw him take over in the second half. And uh, you know, with another year for Devin Suko, a quarterback, and I think he's one of those kids that, you know, he's going to be a junior that's going to get overlooked a little bit because of what Sandpoint returns. Lakeland could be really, really good on offense. I don't know what they're going to be on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively, they can move it. And they showed that last year on anybody. I mean, even Coeur d'Alene, they had, you know, close to 300 yards of total offense. Yeah. And, and Sandpoint was interesting last year because <laughs> early in the season, they hadn't really settled on a quarterback. You know, they had three different guys taking reps at quarterback, including all state running back Garrett Cox. They were basically yeah. putting him at quarterback and, and, and about, you know, week four or five, they kind of settled in with this sophomore, Parker Pettit. He's going to be a junior now. He's back. Garrett Cox is back for his senior season. And so I think you have to give Sandpoint the early nod, but for you sure, know, it's, it's so wide open that they really played well and they got to the playoffs. And, and so the way the new max prep system works is they seed you one through 16 based on this max preps rating. However, the top five seeds automatically go to the five district champions. So Sandpoint, despite having a lower max preps rating than about half the field, got the number four seed last year as, as the champs of district one and two. And a lot of people were, were like, oh, come on, Sandpoint doesn't deserve that. They didn't earn it. I'll tell you what, they got all the way to the semifinals. They were a yeah. final four team living up to that number four seeding. And I think they proved a lot of doubters wrong last year in the postseason. Well, you look at Sam, like I said, with with Lakeland and Sandpoint schedule, they were the, one of the only 4A teams between Moscow and Lakeland that played multiple 5A schools. And they had to out of necessity because just to fill that schedule. And so, yeah, they took their lumps record-wise. They had some losses, but they were all the 5A teams. And it was much like Lakeland where it was all single-digit losses except for the Coeur d'Alene game. Um, you know, Sandpoint and, Coeur and Lakeland, it was a 6-0 ball game. I mean – in a, in a raging snowstorm. That, that was crazy, and I was there for that game. And I haven't seen it snow like that up here in, in quite a while to where, you know, you started the game with a, a little dusting, and by halftime there was six inches of snow on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you put, you put that game on, on turf, it's a different ball game. It really would have been. I think it would have been kind of an offensive shootout, but it was really who could get it close enough to the end zone before having to punt. You know, like to, to ends up winning the game, but um, yeah, you hit on it with Sandpoint having Cox back and Pettit, who actually, like they said, he didn't start until week five last year, and he ended up winning the IEL offensive MVP because of what he did in the last in the last few games of the year. Um, so he's gonna be back and be a junior. They've got Newhart uh, coming back as wide receiver. He's all conference. Hurst on the D-line, Steiger at DB, and, and Wes Benefield. Wes Benefield is my kind of like player to watch because obviously his brother, we all know about Tag, um, you know, he was an all-state linebacker last year. Um, so Wes is the younger brother, but he's every bit as good. I mean, you kind of watch him on tape, and it's like he's one of those kids that just jumps off. Um, and he was only a sophomore last year. So he'll, uh, he'll, I think he'll do fairly well this year. 
Um, I believe he's a sophomore last year. He could have been a junior, but he was playing behind his brother, but was really doing quite well because um, he was the IEL newcomer of the year. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting test for for Sandpoint. They're going to open with Post Falls. Um, they've got Coeur d'Alene. They play at Colville, which is a Washington two or one A school, but historically a very solid program. Which Colville is kind of an interesting game to schedule because they play so similar to Lakeland um, historically with the wing T style that Lakeland used to run. Um, now it's kind of interesting because Colville, I think, is moving a little bit away from that. Um, but then they have the game I think that a lot of people want to see that should be really interesting. They're going to go down to Homedale, um, which will be a great test. That's going to be in their their uh, fourth game. Um, they're going to host Lewiston and Lake City. Then they get Moscow, um, and then they close the year, which I think will be for the league championship, which is going to be against Lakeland. So, yeah, you mentioned that Sandpoint, I think, thinks that they have a shot to to contend for the title again. They've certainly oh, scheduled yeah. that way. And they I should. Think, I think they should. They're returning, you know, seven kids that were all league. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think it's going to come down to uh, Sandpoint in Lakeland. Moscow, you know, they lost a lot. Chad Redinger was a really good quarterback. They lost uh, Jonah Ellis. Um, they do have another Ellis that, that's going to be running around making plays. But but Moscow, I think, is just a, a step behind. But like the 5A IEL with how the schedules are set up now playing those Washington schools again. I could easily see all three IEL teams made the playoffs last year at the 4A level. I could easily see all three teams making the playoffs again this year. Yeah, and, and Moscow is the question mark because you don't know who's necessarily going to play quarterback this year. Um, the, the kid that stepped in for Redinger when he got hurt last year, um, he did serviceable job. I mean, he, he played a little bit at the end of that Lakeland game and had a couple of big plays. Obviously, it helps having Ellis on your team that you got that big target out there. But, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, I think, really with Moscow of who came in. And this is the thing about North Idaho that people don't really realize. There's kids that are on the backside of these rosters that we have no idea about because – and it, it adds an interesting wrinkle to it because we have the population growth happening up here in Kootenai County that it's ridiculous how many people are moving in here every week. Um, you've saw it a lot in Southern Idaho the last couple of years, but now we're seeing it here in North Idaho. I think there's a few kids that we don't even know about that are like being listed as other players coming in um, that are going to be probably the MVPs of the league. I mean, I really think it's possible. Yeah, we know that Coeur d'Alene and, and Post Falls, that that area is one of the fastest growing in the entire nation. Yep. Is Sandpoint seeing that? And I know I talked yeah. yesterday to Garrison Hardy, our, our District 2 guy, and he said Moscow is really blowing up, as is Lewiston. And so I was curious if Sandpoint, you know, they're they're a little bit more removed, but are they also seeing that influx? Yeah, everywhere. I mean, you could, it's Timberlake seeing it. I mean, you're going to see it at the 3A level, too. And that, you know, Coeur d'Alene was so hard to move into, people just started buying houses. And so you've got folks moving into Spirit Lake. you got folks moving into Athol. You have, you know, Sagal and and Sandpoint and Ponderé and Priest River. I mean, everybody's going to reap benefits from this. Um, they're going to start seeing kids coming in. Um, so it should make things interesting because, you know, like I said, we're not going to know until we see him week one, two, three. It's like, well, where'd this guy come from? Um, you know, he's not even listed on the depth chart. Next thing you know, he's starting and leading the league and rushing or something like that. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I think that we're going to see it this year. We're really going to start in the next few years, especially, um, you know, post falls. People don't realize and we're kind of talking about the 5A, but they had they went for like a four year stretch where they added an elementary school every year. 
And yeah. so you have all this influx of, of kids coming in. I mean, you're going to just by you know, law of averages, you're going to start seeing more athletes coming in too, which is going to be uh, kind of a nice boost, I think, for North Idaho athletics that we haven't necessarily seen. Um, you know, you, what you usually saw was like you'd lose a couple Coeur d'Alene kids to Spokane. They would go to like Gonzaga Prep. Um, and I'll throw one out there, like the Watsons, you know, that went to Gonzaga Prep. They lived in Coeur d'Alene at one time. Um, so it uh, – It'll be interesting. I think that, you know, we talk about, oh, yeah, there's a players to watch, but we're really, it's, there's going to be some surprises. There really will. Yeah. I think we're uh, getting to the point where the IHSAA is very soon going to have to adjust the numbers that define the classifications because. Oh, absolutely. Because, they have to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's coming sooner rather than later. Well, this was a good start to uh, to our football preview. The Inland Empire League, 5A and 4A, are both going to be must watch every single week. I think, you know, outside of Coeur d'Alene, I think everybody else is really balanced and it's going to be really fun to see everybody slug it out each week. Yeah, it's going to be uh, great football and I'm super excited for our schedule coming up for what we've got to broadcast this year. There's going to be some dynamite games, even at the, the 2A and 3A level too. Yeah, stay tuned for that. We are uh, working out the the final few wrinkles, and then, yeah, we'll have the big announcement on our broadcast schedule for the upcoming season. But don't worry, we got plenty of football on tap for you fans uh, in North Idaho. Ryan Skaggs, as always, it's been fun. We'll, we'll hop on uh, next week, and, um, yeah, maybe uh, smack your computer around a little bit and see if I we think can we'll get it first. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the North Idaho Prep Cast. Thanks for listening on IdahoSports.com.